Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information. Welcome to The Wave Podcast. I am Danny Ortiz. And I am Ryan McCarsky. Ryan, I always ask you every time when we start this, how are you doing? Um, I'm, yeah. But I'm going to ask you it anyway. But I know you're doing really, really great because there's a there's a guest sitting next to you. But how are you doing? I am doing fantastic, Danny. And yes, there is a guest sitting next to me. And I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, everybody. I'm Amber Mokarski. I'm Ryan's wife. And I am honored to join the podcast today and to see what these two are up to. Um, super excited to be here. Thanks, Danny. Oh, man, I'm excited, Amber, to have you here. Uh, first of all, to just have a woman's perspective on this thing. Like, people hear from two dudes every week. I don't know. If they, <laughs> you know, I don't know. If they tune us out half the time or they do listen, but they do listen. Listen, we thank you again. I always thank the, you guys for listening. I, I see the numbers. I know you guys are listening. Uh, and again, even someone texted me yesterday about uh, this worship presence-driven place that we're looking for and, and continue to pray for that. Um, but I know folks listen, but it's just great to have your perspective. It's great to have you here. Um, as we dive into such a, a debated topic that's been debated for so long, way, way hundreds of years before we even standing in front of this camera. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be an experience. We uh, we can't wait to to share it with you, Danny. So let's dive in. I'm not even gonna, you know. Usually we give an intro. We, there's no intro. We just dive in. We're going to talk about the mark of the beast, the six six six. Is this what people say it is? Um, I don't know about you guys. I'll give my a little bit of this. My background. I grew up just being afraid of the Book of Revelation. Fear, when I heard revelation, fear came to me, right? Like there was no life. I ate of the garden of the good and evil when I listened to the word revelation. Like there was no, the tree of life was not involved in that at all. And then when I heard the number 666, you talk about a kid being, uh, you know, I was raised in church. I remember 11 years old, 12 years old, the preachers would preach on the 666. And I'm just like, oh, the mark of the beast is in the credit card. And back then it's like, it's going to be in the credit card that you swipe. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> credit cards was not even a thing back then. It was like, there's this thing called credit card coming. And when you swipe that, you're going to be part of the 666. Don't use the credit card. Ah, right. That's what I thought. And that's how I grew up. I'm curious to see how you guys grew up. How you guys thought when you guys were a kid, when you heard Revelations, when you heard the 666? So funny story. Like I only, I was in the Catholic church till I was 10 and then left the church, but I knew enough. I knew enough <laughs> that my phone number at my house ended in 666. <laughs> and I, I honestly didn't, I didn't know scripture really at all when I was a kid, but I knew that number was not a good one. Anyone, when I gave them my phone number, they were like, they, their eyes would widen. And I was like, I had like, I, I asked my parents, they, they, they didn't know. And I was like, I think we need to change this phone number guys, because like there's some people look at me weird when I give them my phone number. And I was like a little kid and I didn't really understand it. So that was, that was kind of my experience. And then once I got saved and got into the church, 
I like I told you uh, earlier this week, that was like the first book I read. I was just fascinated by what the worry and the concern and what was it saying. And honestly, years ago when I read it and then reading it now, I've read it with fresh eyes. But it was, uh, yeah, it's something that opens your eyes a bit for sure. And Amber, how what was your experience mm. with it when you were a kid? I grew up in the Left Behind series era. Oh, so you was really, really so, afraid of this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like Final Destination kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I grew up, uh, so there was there were books, and then it became like, there was like a TV, I don't know if it was a, like a, a movie, like movie series, I can't even quite remember. I only, had, I read some of the books, and some of my friends did too, and um, yeah, you know, looking back now, that was such a disservice, like, you know, somebody took this you know, these, these lines from the Bible and totally fictionalized the story, hypothesizing about how we could get to that place. And it caused so much fear. And, um, you know, like, gosh, I think it messed up like a whole generation of kids, like theologically, and just like instilled fear in this whole, you know, this whole thing. So yeah, so the Left Behind series, I don't know, I don't think those authors were doing us any favors. (laughs) It, but yeah, it, that's totally fictional. It's not really biblical. Um, so that's important to mention. If you've had contact with Left Behind series, uh, you know, that's not exactly what the Bible says. So no need to fear in the way that, you know, that's portrayed. Which which I, I, I'm glad that the son of the one that wrote the Left Behind series is the one that is doing Chosen, which I love yeah. what he's no. doing. Whoa. Right? So there's a fixing of wrong theology, which is great (laughs) from the next generation that's coming. And you're 100% correct. And I feel the Holy Spirit is saying this. I just want to break off the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. So whoever's listening to, even when you hear 666, that the first thing that comes up is fear. Perfect love casts out fear, 1 John 4 tells us, and it adds no judgment to it, right? And so when you are overwhelmed by the spirit of fear, so we break the spirit of fear right now, and we break the spirit of wrong doctrine and wrong theology, right? To fit a narrative, to get people afraid, right? To get into know God, right? And so there was a, there was a whole group of generation that was feared into getting to know God. And it's the love of God, it's the goodness of God that leads men into repentance, not as fear. Now, we know we've done series on the fear of the Lord, which is the honor and respect and the awe of God. That is different than to be, I'm afraid that I'm going to get spanked, right? And I'm afraid and this fear that's going to, right, uh, hold me still or or not let me move, you know, that kind of scared when you was a kid, I can't move, there's a ghost underneath my bed. That has to be broken when you're reading the book of Revelation because it's about a Jesus that breathes life, right? This book Mm -hmm. is about the faithfulness of Jesus towards us and how he requires our faithfulness towards him. It's not about being afraid of the faithful one, right? I'm just gonna leave that, I'm gonna leave that out so you guys can talk. What do you guys think about what I just said? No, I, I love that you mentioned uh, the fear of the Lord, not fearing the Lord, because I think that a lot of people that read Revelation, they go straight into that it's a judgment book, um, which there is a component to in in Revelation 20 uh, of judgment taking place like on the earth, actually chapter 19 and, and chapter 20. But the truth is, if if you're a believer, 
like this is a victorious day. Come on. Uh, it should be, it should be a it should be a book that almost it should be a time that you're actually looking forward to where when you hear the tribulation period majority of people are like either I can't wait to get pulled out of here and get raptured because I don't want to live through that um when you should be almost looking forward to as you start seeing the signs that are talked about on Matthew 24 that there should be encouragement happening that you should be looking that you should be see, trying to see because the Lord comes in in the blink of an eye that that we don't even know the day that he's coming but he's it's going to come upon us and we should be that should be an exciting day not a I'm I'm terrified that I I could be living in the tri tribulation period. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Amber. there's yeah, that's there's like an obsession with uh tribulation sign spotting and yeah. Um yeah, well, one thing that came to mind when you were talking uh, Danny is that I think pop culture also hasn't really done us much favors um as far as like kind of capitalizing off of the 666 and the fear um you know that's like in i don't know 50 percent of every horror movie i think that i've you know i don't really like horror movies but the few that i've seen mm -hmm. they sure you know use that to strike fear right in the heart of people um because that's just you know you got a scary movie you add in some sort of uh 666 thing and all of a sudden it's like next level scary so um you know i guess i i feel like yeah pop culture has jumped on that same bandwagon and really use that as a as a tool and a catalyst and, and capitalize off of that too. But really, if you, you know, check it out biblically, 666 simply just represents someone's name. So I mean, yeah. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying you don't need to be afraid to read Revelation for yourself or read these other passages of scripture because of the fear. Um, that just is a stigma, but it's simply not true. And we're going to know by by the end of this teaching, by the end, there's going to be two parts to this. So everybody knows there's going to be two parts. But by the second part, we're going to know that our Jesus defeats by his words, this beast with this name. Right. So right. he is the defeated foe. Right. He's not even it's not even a, a thought that. And so you, yeah. I love that you mentioned pop culture because earlier this year, I don't know if you remember, like Nike came out with this sneaker. Yeah. 666 yeah. with this yeah. hip hop guy. Right. And it was like, oh, I, and the church is like, oh my goodness, the devil's being glorified. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's just a number, guys. Like, chill, yeah. like, like, take a deep breath. And and for those who are going, well, you guys are minimizing this thing. We minimize it because we know our Jesus is a conqueror, right? Like, I'm not fearful of anything that the enemy may bring because Jesus is the conqueror, right? And so. Mm -hmm. If I give him more power than Jesus, right? Like, like, so when I fear and I'm giving him more power than my Jesus and he doesn't have it because we know That's right. in the end of the book, which we'll read uh, next week, that he's going to be bound, right? And we're going to look at him mm -hmm. like, this was the person, this was the person, right? Revelation says that we're going to look upon him like, this was the person that was messing with us, like, and standing next to Jesus, there's no comparison. Like there is no comparison. So for us, we want to break that fear. We, I'm, I'm going to jump into Revelations 13. I'm going to read this. And everyone, I'm going to read scripture slowly with you guys. I'm going to tell you to underline some things. And then I'm going to get uh, my, uh, my co-hosts here to uh, chime in on it. And so we'll read Revelations 13, 11 to 18. 
because it's the end of Revelation 13, and then we're going to start building uh, basically a case, and that's what we're doing today. So, so you so you can understand what is this whole teaching about? Is debunking the false teaching, right? But then also giving you room to grow and how God. So we're giving you our interpretation, but we're asking like we're not the best theologians, we're not the best anything. We're asking you to take what we give you, then go to the Holy Spirit and see, Holy Spirit, is this right? Is it? And then you do your own study on it, like. Hopefully, our pa- our podcast, uh, Ryan and Amber, pushes people to get to know God better and to get mm-hmm. to know his word better and to get to, to study more, right? Because that's it. You want to grow with the Holy Spirit, and sometimes growing with the Holy Spirit on your own is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. That's so good, Danny. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's dive in. Can't wait. All right, so Revelation 13, 11 says, then I saw another beast. Now, I want you to underline another beast. Because that if there's another beast, there was a beast before this, right? And so another, meaning this is another one of a, of, of a beast. So we're going to find out what that another beast means when we read the beginning of 13. But I just wanted you guys to underline that. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. So I want you to underline a dragon because... These are, again, mystical things that we, like, mystify and we see these things. We want to find out what the dragon is. We're going to find out what the dragon is by the time this end of this teaching, right? So the, the another beast, the dragon, and he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence. So there's a first beast and a second beast. That's the first thing you got to see when you see this. The first beast and the second beast, right? And they both have authority. So some of the questions that you guys can start writing down, who gives them this authority, right? Why do they have authority? And who do they have authority over, right? Those are the great questions to ask when when you're studying, you're learning, and we're going to answer those questions. And causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast. So the second beast is going to cause us to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So what happened to the first beast? Some, something happened to him that he was wounded, but he was also healed, right? So that's another thing that we have to look at. He performs great signs. Now, we, you know, Ryan and I did a great job in the last couple of weeks, I think, in talking about, you know, don't let signs be the thing that drives you into the presence of God, right? A lot of folks, oh, I want to see signs and wonders. No, you want to encounter Jesus, right? And if that happens, signs and wonders, but signs and wonders can also be a deception because in here, this beast is going to do signs and wonders. Jesus said this out of his mouth, is a wicked generation. I didn't say that. Jesus said that, that seeks a sign and a wonder, right? So that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, right? And so that reminds me of of, of Elijah, right? Calling down fire, but this beast is able to do that. And I want you to underline uh, literally everything I'm about to say, and he deceives those who dwell on the earth. He deceives, right? So his weapon is of deception. So you got to understand this. The weapon of this beast is deception. He deceives all who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast. So he was granted. Remember, someone's given him permission to do this. And it's important for us to find out who that someone is and why does he have authority like he has. Telling those who dwell on the earth 
to make an image of the beast. This is these are so important terminologies. Making an image of the beast. So there's an imagery, there's an idolatry that's going to happen, right? This beast is going to ask those who dwell on the earth at that moment. We have to make idolatry. We have to make an image of the beast so that we can worship that beast, right? Who was wounded by the sword and lived. And basically, this first beast was killed, right? Again, who was killed and came back to life? Jesus, right? And so this beast is going to have a Christ likeness. Now we know we're going to read that Jesus said this is going to be in the last days. Many Christs are going to come. This beast is going to have a Christ likeness where he's going to be wounded and live from that wound. And so people are going to be shocked and go, oh my goodness, let's worship this just like we worship Jesus because Jesus died and was resurrected. So you see the deception already that the enemy is going to use. And he was granted power. Who granted him power? We keep on hearing this granted, given, right? Who granted him power to give breath to the image of the beast? So he was granted power so that the first, this first beast can live, that the image of the beast should be both speak and cause as many as will not worship the image of the beast. So it's going to be an image. So now this is, this is different here. So this image that they're going to make, so this, this statue of this, whatever they're going to make, this erection, this beast that they erect is going to talk. So now imagine seeing something built talking. That's going to be like, yo, what are you talking about? Now, I don't know if it's going to be built out of stone. I don't know if it's going to be, but whatever. When you see something built by man talking by itself, that's that's a big sign, right? So you're going to be like, people are going to be like, yo, this dude can do some things, right? Um, he causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, right? Now, I want you to underline that because this, this is a contextual version. This verse right here is, is contextually. We got to find out he causes all. Who is the all and where are the all, right? So this all, we're going to show you by the time we get this, this all doesn't mean everybody is living on earth, right? This is going to be mm -hmm. a specific group of people that he's going to cause, right? To have this, he's now, it could be everyone on the earth, right? But we know it's going to start somewhere. Oh, it could not be everyone on the earth, right? But I don't want people to take this out of context and think, oh my goodness, I that live in America, the beast is going to tell me to put a mark on my head. That's not what this is saying. And we're going to read in context why it's not saying that. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number on his name, right? Now, this is where the, the kookiness of, you know, when I was a kid, you can't use a credit card, blah, 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 right. all these things. The kookiness today, I just got to say this, the kookiness today of, oh, you got the vaccine, that's that's the 666 and you can't buy or sell with that because there's robots in your arms now. All that is kooky. It doesn't say <laughs> that. That's all, we adding that to this. Here... <laughs> Here is wisdom. Listen, so, so Jesus is saying, here's wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of man. Now, listen, this is important. He's saying them. he's giving you some answers of what this number is. This number is the number of men. So right away, this takes me to Genesis 131, which man was created on the sixth day. Now, anyone who does any type of... now we, 
I'm gonna say this and then I'm gonna let y'all go crazy on this. Um, numerology, a lot of times is practicality, right? It's being practical with the numerology. When people look at this number 666, they have tried to make them into alphabets. They try to say that it was Nero. They try to say all kinds of stuff. That's not what this, when we look at numerology, when we look at it from a, that's why it's good to know Hebrew and it's good to know how the Jewish folks look at numbers. They do represent something, but not as deep as you think you want it to represent. So we know the number six is the number of man is the number of flesh, right? So he's saying this number is the number of man is going to be 666, man, man, man. So it's going to be about flesh and about glorifying man. Now I'm going to stop right there because I have a, a debunking and a way to look at it because remember what the enemy does to deceive, he does contrary to what Jesus does, right? He, so he sees what Jesus does and he does contrary to that. So I'm going to show you from the Revelations 1 how the number 77 is always mentioned, right? And so here is man being glorified. The number seven is the number of perfection, is the number of God, which is God is being glorified. So it's basically the opposite of what God is and the opposite of how Jesus is glorified. So I'm gonna let you guys, I know I read a lot. I know I talked about a lot. What do you guys think about these verses that I just read? Yeah, Danny. Um, yeah, there was there was a lot, a lot in there for sure. And I think some of the things that, that really stuck out is that there are two beasts and we really need to make sure that they're, they're clear. And we're going to dive into who those two beasts are talking about the false prophet and the antichrist and who gives them power, which we know, which we know is Satan. That's, that's how they're, they're both going to be getting the power that they have. And I find it interesting that when you look at 666, and it's explaining the Antichrist a little bit in, in this passage. If you have three numbers, it almost, I feel like, is, is magnifying that this is, this is a powerful person. But we need to get it clear that he is a man. That's what six represents. He doesn't have the number seven. He's short of seven. Like, he's not, he's, he's not complete. He doesn't have completeness. He's not God. And I, 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 that's a huge emphasis that three sixes, it's showing like this person, human, is, is going to be very powerful and very persuasive. And, and there are going to be people that go astray. I believe probably believers and non-believers because there's believers that don't read the scripture and they will never even open this text because they're either scared of it or they're like, well, I'm going to be gone anyway. So I'm not going to be experiencing the rat. I'm not going to be experiencing the tribulation. Um, and, and I think it's good to, good to recognize that. And also the place in the world where this is going to start is the biggest one. And we've talked about this before we live in a, we live in America and we think that the whole scripture revolves around America when it doesn't. This is not going to start in the United States. We're going to hear about it. We're going to see it on the news probably. But directly affect us in, in an immediate way. You, like you said, it could take some time. We've talked about this off um off of this podcast and this could take a number of months it could take years it could take a year we don't really know 
Amber. Amber if you, uh... Yeah, here, you go ahead. Okay. I got yeah. Um, <clears throat> a couple of things that I wrote down while we were reading those passages that I think deserve honorable mentions is that, um, you know, I think one thing that's really important to keep in mind is that signs and wonders do not necessarily indicate that it's God. That's like a lesson that I took from this passage that there are signs and wonders that follow us as Christ followers. Um, and that's awesome. It's a blessing. Um, but like you were saying, you know, the goal isn't to be chasing after signs and wonders. We're chasing after Jesus. We're following Jesus and the signs and wonders will accompany that. Um, so when you see signs and wonders, you know, what revelation has taught me is that there are, there is a possibility that there are certain things that look like signs and wonders that certain people may be deceived by, especially, you know, in the end times, um, if they don't know the Lord personally. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit and you don't have his discernment, you know, when you see someone or something's ability to call down fire from heaven, that might be a confirmation, you think, you know, like, oh my gosh, that has to be the Lord. Who else could do that? Or um, when you see, you know, it says here, it, it makes reference to um, this beast that was killed and that. The, there's like breath that was given to the image of the beast and it starts speaking um there it makes reference to basically some sort of a healing or resurrection of one of these beasts um and so if, if we think that you know that's only a jesus thing you know we could be led astray by that and so it's really important to note that you know um a lot of these things that we're seeing in here you could just easily like kind of breeze over that but but don't because that i think can lead and probably will lead to major major deception you know um it kind of I don't know. It's just really, really important to understand that when you, when you see those things, they're not necessarily from God. Discernment is key. You know, I know family members and friends who have like talked to psychics. I know we're sort of getting off track. Sorry, I'll get right back on track, but it's important, you know, just because, you know, you called some psychic hotline or you met with some, uh, you know, that lady, the long Island medium or whatever. I know somebody who's met with her and uh, she knew things. So therefore that must be from the Lord somehow that gifting must be from the Lord or she knew things. So she's really speaking to my, you know, passed away grandmother or whatever. No one else could have known that just understand, um, you know, brothers and sisters that there, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's from the Lord at all. Um, that doesn't mean that that person is contacting your dead grandmother. Um, you know, there, there are ways to get that information, you know, um, and I feel like that's kind of an example of what I'm seeing here in Revelation when I'm seeing these, you know, calling down fire and, and the beast will be healed from a mortal wound. And anyway, so don't be deceived by that stuff. Don't be deceived by what you see. You need to be able to hear the Lord's voice um, in all of these things. So for me, that was like red flag number one. Got to mention that. That's really important. Signs and wonders don't indicate automatically that that's from the Lord. So just like be aware, even in the earth today, there are signs and wonders that might be going on and it might be like a word of wisdom or something, um, you know, and that, that stuff is real, but it's not all God given. So we don't want to dabble in that. We don't want to mess with that. You know, we want to have our relationship with the Lord and let him lead us and not be seeking that information from other sources. Um, the second thing I think is really important here is that, you know, as we're talking about this mark, I want to talk about, you know, this fear that people have that you can accidentally get the mark, you know, like you're going to accidentally, I don't know, trip over a log and like, oh man, shoot, I didn't know that was the mark. Oh no. You know, and that's not, 
that's not what the Bible says at all. So I don't know. I just want to, at some point we should talk about. No, that, let's that talk about it now. Cause I, I was going to talk about it. Like he causes all both small and great and rich and porn free to receive a mark on their heads does not mean that it has to be a choice that you have to make at that point. Right. There's going to be a choice to make. You're going to know clearly that there's a mark. You're going to know clearly that somehow, some way, this beast is marking you with who he is, right? And you and you have to accept that. There is no backhanded, oh, I'll get a shot. That shot is the secret way that the 666 is going to, you're a thousand percent correct, because it does not say that. That is added, right? So when we add things to the Bible is when we get in trouble, because it's like, oh, this could happen, and they're going to make me. No one's going to make you, right, first of all. And, and again, there's, there's a place where saints are going to be. And so you're going to see there's going to be a difference. And we're going to read about this. There's going to be a difference of what happens to the saints and what happening to the folks that this is happening to. There's a distinctive, and Revelation 13 gives us that distinctive. And we're going to talk about that. I'm going to go, Amber, to something that you said about it. It, it brought me to the medium uh, of, of, of Saul when he uh, wanted mm, to bring yep. back Samuel, right? Like Samuel's mm -hmm. like, this is a horrible thing that you did, right? Because the enemy works in the spirit realm, right? You got to understand right. the spirit realm is a lot more real than this fleshly earthly realm. Like you are mm -hmm. spirit first. God made you in his imagery, but his imagery, the real, real part of you is you are a spirit man, right? And so mm -hmm. understanding that the enemy works in the spirit realm and he also works to deceive. So He's going to do everything he can in his power to bring deception to you. That is his weapons of choice. We're going to see it. We're going to see it over and over. Revelation 12 tells us that we're going to go into this. And then I just want to just point out a couple of things. And then I'll let you guys mention on the mark again. Um, if you go to Revelation 1-4, uh, and I'll just read it quick. It says, greetings to the seven churches, right? From the seven spirits. And we know that the spirit spirits is the seven spirits of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit and the seven churches, right? And then in Revelation 120, uh, it says the seven lampstands. So here we see seven three times. The seven churches, the seven spirits, and the seven lampstands. Right? Remember, the enemy always wants to copy what Jesus does. And so what Jesus, of course, he's like, oh, okay, seven is mentioned. We know that's the perfect. I can't get there, so I'll give you flesh. I'll give you man's version, right? Again, in Revelation 8 and 10, it says to the seven angels, the seven trumpets, and the seven thunders. Seven angels, seven trumpets, and seven thunders. Again, we see seven, seven, seven. We see these, these, these are just practical ways for you guys to look at this and understand that 666 is not like, oh my goodness, it's this number that has power. No, it's just the enemy copycatting. And he understands that, and Jesus knows that he's going to copycat. So he knows I'm going to always represent 777, the triune, right? And so he also knows Three is important to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he, he's going to try to do, I, how can I copy the triune, right? And so if you see, there's going to be two beasts and a dragon. Dragon is Satan and the two beasts. That's a triune being, right? And so he himself is trying to show himself as a triune being because he's trying to show himself like God. And so all it is, is him copying off who God is. So you have the two beasts and you have the dragon. What does that represent? a triune demonic version of who the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? So he's always going to try to look at himself like God because he wants to be God and he knows he's not. So I'll, yeah, what do you guys think about good. that? 
No, yeah, Amber and I have talked about that before about how it's almost like a a, a reversed kingdom. Like it, it's like it's just it's just flipped. And and you you're 100 correct that he's trying to mimic Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and put you know put himself in the mix to try to just replicate and give a counterfeit for for what is what is truth. And I know we've talked about that. I know you might yeah. have yeah, more that's, on it. That's really that's really really good. Yeah, I think counterfeit is like a super super important word here because I guess that's kind of what I was getting at, bringing up like the psychic thing. Um, you know just because somebody knows something about you, you know, um, we know that the Lord knows those kinds of things, but you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that that person's getting that information from the Lord. So while we may in the Holy spirit receive a word of knowledge for somebody, you know, that's totally holy and good and awesome, pure, um, you know, a person who is operating in like psychic mediumship and, and those kinds of, um, you know, demonic practices or new age practices, even, you know, they can get information that is a counterfeit. And so the information that they're hearing from, you know, the spirits they're tapping into, which just to be clear, are demonic spirits, they're familiar spirits who have been here longer than us. They know things about us that they share with these psychics because they are, you know, they're with us, they're watching us, they're in the world, right? So they might know things that they can share um, through their spirit, you know, communication um with a medium that you know they know about you um or they know about your family and they know about your grandmother right but um that was that was so important but it's counterfeit that's not from the lord and so don't be deceived by those things that you see and those things that you hear um especially here as we're talking about revelation and the end times um there might be a lot of overwhelming sensations and things that you'll see and things that you'd hear um but they're not all God given. So, you know, it's important not to be so afraid of that, that we can't be effective in the world. You know, I just don't want people uh, not able to minister to someone who's wearing those little Nas X uh, Satan shoes, right? Uh, because they're so much in fear that they see somebody wearing this, this junk and, and they're like, oh my gosh, like, it, I'm going to be cursed if I look at these shoes, you know, just, um, we don't want to be ineffective uh, because of our fear. So, it, yeah, so counterfeit is really, really important to note that it, it might seem real, um, but, you know, it's just a, a copy, um, a facsimile of, of the real thing. Absolutely right. In 2009, we did a conference and uh, I remember a, a girl dressed in a witch outfit and she had like all the emblems, you know what I mean? 666 and all yeah. this. And she's uh i'm baptizing her because what we've done is like we did the conference and we just speak it and we have a baptismal like pool ready for whoever's getting saved right and so i'm baptizing her in water right so she gets up and she the holy spirit just and she's like i never felt this kind of power before i try to tap into all kind of powers i've never and it was it was awesome because you know, she had the, the look, the black hair, the black eyeliner. And it was awesome to like, I didn't tell her to take it off. I didn't tell her, I just dunked her. You know what I mean? Like Mike and I are dunking her <laughs> in the water and she's coming back and she's like, her eyes and I'm like, what do you feel? She's like, I feel this power. Like I said, yes, the power of Jesus is greater than any power. She's like, I've tried to tap into. And so again, I love what you said, Amber, because we can't be afraid when I see someone in a store, oh, he's got a, you know, a devil looking guy with horns and the 666. Oh my goodness. He's got greater man. That has, that's just a picture and that has no yeah. power or bearing over the power of Jesus that's in your life. Right. And so mm -hmm. you testify who Jesus is. And I promise you, you just bring Jesus to the table and it the Holy spirit takes care of it all. 
right? I don't even have to even prove to you that the power of Jesus is real. He'll prove himself, right? Because that's how good and awesome he is. Let's jump into Revelations 3, 1 and 5. Because again, we're going to take our time with this, but I want to move along. So this is going to start answering some questions, right? Um, and it's going to talk about the first beast and it's going to talk about the dragon. We're going to find out. So then I stood on the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and 10 horns. Man, that's that's the imagery. Seven heads and 10 horns. So I want you to underline that. Seven heads and 10 horns. Remember, I always tell you that the enemy's job is to try to counterfeit, right? Remember that Jesus describes an introduction from the seven spirits, which is the Holy Spirit. So here, this first one has seven heads. Again, it's just a counterfeit of the seven aspects of the Holy Spirit, right? I, it, it, you got to look at these things as what it is. And on his horns, 10 crowns, right? So he has seven heads, 10 horns, and 10 crowns, right? Because he's trying to crown himself as king, right? And on his heads, a blasphemous name. Now, we, we don't know what that name is, but that's good to underline. There's a blasphemous name on it. Now, it's good to be uh, to say that in, when we get to Revelation 21, that on Jesus, there's going to be a name written on him, right? So, again, all of it I'm showing you is that it's the counterfeit. So, he's showing there's a name written on him. Because he also knows that there's going to be a name written on Jesus, right? It is counterfeiting who Jesus is. And you have to see it for what it is. You can't be afraid of it. See what it was. Now, the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. Now, that's just a sight to see. Now, many people have taken this scripture right here, the bear the leopard and the lion, and they try to make it into a country. They try to make it, oh, these represents countries. The bear represents Russia. Listen, that's not what it's saying. It's just giving you a description of what this thing is looking like, right? It's not giving you. Now, you can try to put some things on it, but let's read it for what it is, right? Then it says, the dragon gave him his power. Now, who the heck is this dragon that we read before? But I'm going to tell you to underline it. I'm going to answer that right now real quick. So we're going to take a pause there. Let's go to Revelation 12.9. Revelation 12.9, which is sandwich, which is the chapter right before this one. So right, the chapter right before this, Revelation 12.9. It says, so the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of all called the devil and Satan who deceives the world. Remember, number one weapon of the enemy of the devil's deception, right? He was cast on the earth and his angels was cast out with him. So the dragon that gives this beast power is Satan. The dragon is Satan. I want folks to understand when you read that dragon, that dragon is Satan. Satan is that dragon. Because I said it. Did I write that down? No. Nope. It's nope. in the Bible. It's telling you that Satan is a deceiver and he is giving out power, his throne and great authority. And I saw one of his heads. I'm going back. Let's go back to. So, so the dragon gave his power, his throne and his great authority. So the question is, why did the heck is, 
Why does the enemy have any type of authority in his throne? We're going to answer that because he's allowed to. That's just the bottom line. He's allowed to by who? By God. I know this is, some of y'all going to be like, what? Yes, we're going to read that God allows him to have this power, right? Nothing happens on the earth without God's permission. Just understand that, right? Jesus has all authority. There's no authority given to anybody unless Jesus allows it to happen, right? And I saw one of his heads as if it had been uh, mortally wounded and his deadly wound was healed and all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshiped the dragon, Satan, who gave the authority to the beast, right? Because remember, Satan wants all the glory. He wants all the, so he has these two beasts that are part of this triune being that he's trying to create who gave all authority to the beast. And they worship the beast saying, who is like the beast? Again, another thing that the scriptures talks about, literally the scripture says, who is like God, <laughs> right? And so he uses the same terminology. Who is like the beast? Why? Because he wants to be God, right? Who is able to make war with, who is able to make war with him? Like who can take him out? He's showing us this great power. Who could take him out, right? And he was given a mouth speaking great things, blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Now, this is where it gets really, 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 really juicy. I need you to underline 42 months. 42 months is, when you look at it, it's three and a half years. Three and a half years, 42 months, 1,200 something days, 42 months. That I didn't write this down, y'all, right? So I didn't have nothing to do with this. 42 months. He was given a mouth. He was given authority. Who gave him authority is the question, right? We know that according to Matthew 28, 18, all authority has been given to Jesus. So Jesus grants Satan authority, right? Because it's part of the plan. Well, why? Because it's part of God's ultimate plan. And God wants to do it this way, right? And you can't tell God what to do. Bottom line, right? So God is allowing this um, beast to have authority. Now, I'm going to shut my mouth there. I want to hear what you guys have to say. So, Amber, oh, right, man. what you guys have yeah, to say? As, as, uh, as you're reading it and um, talking about God giving or allowing, essentially allowing it to take place in this method, you know, my, my mind went to Job. Job chapter one and, and God basically allowing the same thing because there was a process that Job was going to experience throughout the book of Job. I won't go into it, but it, it's, there's a reason it's taking place this way. And I look at it and it talks about individuals getting deceived and individuals following the the beast and i think about free will and i think about how our unique design all the way back to the garden was that we had free will to choose that was something that god has given each of us and i think it's becoming very apparent in this in how things are going to end that every single person will have to make a decision like and you'll you'll have that opportunity and and 
hopefully people would choose God <laughs> and not choose the beast. So that's kind of what was, you know, came to me as, as you're reading and going through it. Yeah. I was thinking that, um, this is kind of just an interesting thought. I don't know. So let me know what you think, but I wonder if it's possible that like the dragon has authority because we know that like he was an angel and angels of different hierarchies were given different abilities, different powers, different amounts of authority. Um, when mankind, when God created us, we were given authority for certain things, certain, you know, certain jurisdiction here on the earth. We were told to do those things. Um, and so perhaps, you know, um, it's possible that yes, it's part of God's plan. Absolutely. Yes. This is the way he wants to accomplish this. Yes, absolutely. It's also possible that he's bound by his own words and his own doings because his yes is yes. Um, and his no is no. And, you know, perhaps he can't actually, uh, I mean, yes, he's sovereign by the way. So I should mention that he's absolutely sovereign, but, um, you know, it's, it's possible that he really can't like take away that authority and um, those abilities that were, were given um, until everything is wrapped up because, you know, that could make him, um, you know, like a liar or that kind of thing. We know that he's not a man that he should lie. So anyway, just, that's just a thought that popped in my head that um, it may not just be that he's doing all this because it's like a, you know, some sort of a fun game. Like <laughs> it's not, it's not a game, you know? it's possible that this is the way that things have to play out because of other things that he put in place. And, you know, once he's given this authority, um, you know, that it is, it's in, it's in the heavens, it's in the earth, that authority has been given until the time when it can be taken away or can be taken back because other things come to pass and, and other prophecies are fulfilled. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but anyway. It, it, do, no, it no, does no. make sense. Absolutely. Go ahead, Ryan. And I think the time frame that you mentioned, the 42 months is so crucial because it, Amber mentioned about the prophetic. If you look at Daniel chapter seven, verse 25, it says, he, he shall speak pompous words against the most high for a time and times and a half of time. And if you look up a time and times and a half of time, that equals 1,260 days, which if you base that off of the Jewish calendar, 360 days, that's three and a half years. Yeah. So, and we know Dan, we know Daniel is a major prophet. We know Daniel was given things about the future thousands of years like, and they said, and the angel that told him this said, Daniel, you know, don't worry about it. I think it was in Daniel 12. Don't worry about it, Daniel. This is not for your time, but this is for the time in the future. And then if, if we just compare in this revelation, which is in the New Testament and the Old Testament with Daniel, and it links up perfectly with the 42 month period of time. That's something as a, as an indicator of, of things to think about and, and what that tribulation period actually looks like. So uh, we're going to mention also uh, Daniel again, because Daniel also mentions it in detail, and we're going to go to that later. But what I also yeah. want, I want to pull out a couple of things, something that you said, Amber, which I always talk about is it, it i'm gonna say what you said in in this way genesis 126 then god said let us make man in our image and according to our likeness let them have dominion i always say the the when the moment he said let them have dominion that's when prayer was birthed why because what he did was he said all right now i'm giving this i'm giving you the earth to have authority over if you need me you're gonna have to ask me to come in because i've given 
this is the way I've given it. You have dominion. Now, this is what he's saying. God does have ultimate dominion, but he's not going to have dominion unless you give him the dominion that he wants to have, right? Because he's giving you the authority. So he's giving man. So that's a powerful mandate to man. That's why we get what we are, right? We, we get what we are. The earth is what man has made it to be, right? Because God is bound to that word, right? He can't supersede that, right? He can't. He's giving you authority. If he wanted to, he can but if not, it'll make him a liar. He says, I'm giving you dominion. You need me. You're going to have to ask for me because it is your deal. It is your earth to rule over, right? I'm giving you to man. And so I think a lot of people don't see it like that, but it is actually that scriptural, right? And so that's important. Another thing I, I, I want to go back to the three and a half years that this is only three and a half years, right? Like, it's not like it's going, people have this thought pattern that the, the devil the beast, the dragon, he's going to take over. He's going to win. It's going to be 30 years. It's three and a half years, right? And you're going to hear us mention this again because I'm going to go to Revelations 11. I want you to mention this real loud. You can't read Revelations 13 unless you read Revelations 11, 12, and 13. Those three mm -hmm. chapters go together. They are about the same exact thing. 12, we just read, is the description of not only the dragon, but what the dragon wants to do with the people of God, right? And in 12.4, it says that the dragon is standing uh, in front of the woman so that the woman could give birth so that he could devour the seed, right? And then verse 9, he says he comes to deceive. So it tells you what this Satan wants to do with the earth. But verse 11 introduces the thought of how he's going to start doing this, right? And so let's mm -hmm. go to cha uh, chapter 11, verse 1, because this gives us a description of something. And then we're going to go to Jesus' words. And then we may just be finished with Jesus' words because uh, this is so good and so vast and so big that I'm hoping that it's answering so many questions to you. All right. So let's go to Revelation 11. Remember, you cannot read Revelation. I'm going to say it loud. So those who listen to us will hear me. You can't read Revelations 13 unless you read Revelations 11, 12, and 13 because they are the same contextual version of what's mm -hmm. happening. Revelations 11, 1 and 2 says, Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God. I want people to underline the temple of God. What the heck is the temple of God? Anyone that knows any type of Bible and any type of studies, where is the temple of God? Can I ask both of you guys that? Where's the temple of God? Jerusalem. Jerusalem, right? Jerusalem. Yep. Now, we know the temple of God, according to Revelation 21 and 20 and, and 21, 22, is going to be to dwell with men, but he's going to dwell with men in a specific spot, right? He's coming, and we're going to see this later. I'm, again, I'm, I'm saying this now, but we're going, to, we're going to prove it to you through Scripture, right? So that may not be to next week, but you're going to see. The temple of God that is talking about here is Jerusalem. Is Jerusalem. Is Israel. Is where Israel is at today. So when you start reading Revelations 11, 12, and 13, you have to read it with the context of Israel. Church of America, listen to me. I know we love ourselves, and I know we think we're the greatest thing on, since sliced bread. I'm not trying to down you, but you're 4% of the world. And, and God doesn't do everything just through America. So I want you to understand, the mark of the beast, the whole subject of the mark of the beast, I'm going to prove to you through even the words of Jesus, 
that is mostly focusing on Jerusalem, God's temple, and what the mark of the beast comes to do. He comes to, uh, and we're going to use a terminology, the abomination of desolation, because that's what we see happening in the end of chapter 13 is the abomination. That, and we're going to explain what that is, right? And until we see that, we can't even think about the, <laughs> the 666. So I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but unless you see the abomination of desolation, you can't. So for those who are saying, um, all oh, the vaccine, COVID vaccine, it's the mark of the beast. We haven't seen what's happened to the temple yet. So no, it's not that. So I'm going to read so you can understand what I mean by that. So the measure of the temple, the altar, where's the altar of God? We know it's Jerusalem. And those who worship there, but leave out the court, which is outside to the temple, and do not measure it. Leave the outside, for it has been given to the what? Gentiles. So there's an overtaking of the temple of God, right? And they will tread the holy city. Where's the holy city? Jerusalem. Underfoot for how long? 42 months. If you have a ways and you put an address in the ways, the ways is an app. It's going to take you to the address. This just took you to the address. This just took you to that. Listen to me, y'all. I don't know how to yell this any louder. This just took you to the address of what this 42 months is about. And what is this temp? Like the temple, the holy city of God is going to be overtaken by the Gentiles. There's going to have to be a overtaking of the holy city. We don't know what that when is that going to happen? No one knows. But we know that when this happens, you can start, if it happens today, listen, if tomorrow we wake up and we know that all the cities that are, all the countries that are surrounding Israel overtakes Israel, you can start marking down that we're going to see 42 months, three and a half years of what we've just been talking about. All right, I'll leave it to you guys before we go to Mark 13. What do you think about everything I just said? No, I, I just, uh, Jesus even says it i i i in in luke in luke 21 24 at the end of verse 24 in luke 21 jesus says jerusalem will be trampled by gentiles until the times of the gentiles are fulfilled so if anyone's doubting what it says in chapter 11 in revelation jesus said it out of his own mouth in the book of luke and, so and give, my, give, give them that aloud. Luke, what? What was this? So yeah, that they can look sorry. at Luke. So Luke 21, verse 24. So and for those of you who don't think that this is happening, yep. dude, go take it out. Amber, what do you think about this? I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it's just says it right there. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's absolutely, yeah. Context is super important. A lot of people have linked, um, you know, this to Daniel's 70th week. And we'll talk about that when we get to Daniel more. Um, but yeah, I don't have anything extra to add than you guys said. All right. So let's look at Jesus predicting the destruction of the temple. So Jesus deals with this in a huge verse. We're going to read Mark 13, 1 to 23, and we're going to end with this. 
And this is a lot of reading, y'all. This is a lot of reading. But remember, we have to be detailed because these things have been, the narrative that has been put out there is such a crazy narrative, unbiblical narrative, that narrative that we have to see. So this is Jesus himself talking. This is not anybody else. This is Jesus. So Mark 13, 1 to 23 is what we're going to read. The heading of this is Jesus predicts the destruction of the temple, right? And then the, 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 the other scriptures that you can read is Matthew 24 or Luke 21, right? Those are other versions of this, right? Then as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, teacher, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answered and said to him, do you see these great buildings? He saw my Jerusalem. No, one stone shall be left upon another. That shall not be thrown down. The signs of the times, and uh, uh, that's, that's, sorry, uh, that's the heading of that. The signs of the, so I'm going to keep on reading. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives op opposite the temple. So he's looking at, if you, I've been to Jerusalem. So when you on the Mount of Olives, you, if you look, you can literally see the temple. You, so he's looking at the temple. He's talking. So when he's, so when he says that, before this verse, when he goes and tells you not one stone, he says, do you see these great buildings? Not, not one stone shall be left upon another. He's looking at this temple. Now, we know since that time the temple has been destroyed and all that kind of stuff. But he's not just talking about that. He's, he's going to go into more details. So he's sitting and looking at this temple. Peter, James, and John, and Andrew asked him privately, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when all... I'm going to, somebody underline this. What will be the sign when all these things will be fulfilled? When the trampling of your temple, when all, what will be the sign of all this? Jesus answered them, began to say, take heed that no one be deceased. Remember that we said earlier, the number one weapon of the enemy is what? Deception. Jesus, again, for me, it is important that you hear how he starts answering the question of when they're going to see this now i gotta stop right there for a second y'all because that why the left behind series amber like you mentioned why these things are so important for us to debunk because what it has done is brought deception right why is why do we have to debunk the rapture theory i know someone i just lost somebody they're like <laughs> what we're going to talk about that next week because all those things lead to deception, right? And I want to say this, and, and I want to hear what you guys have to say. My, my parents, my dad ended up finishing high school way after he, he was an adult, right? My mom had a seventh grade level of, I've been college educated, right, since then. You guys have been, right? The generations that came before us, and I, and I don't mean to talk down on them, a lot of them didn't have the education to understand scripture, so a lot of ministers that have ministered before minister, but doesn't mean because we now have more education and we now have studied and understand context and actually been there, right? I've been to Israel many, many times, right? So now that we see in context and understand the context, doesn't mean because we're fixing the wrong theology that we don't like the generation that came before us. We just learned more and we got more education and more wisdom and, but does not mean that we still say, oh, we believe what you're saying? We believe what, no, you only had the knowledge that you have because you had 
the only ability to learn what you learn, but doesn't mean that we stay there. We have grown past that. We have grown past old theology. We have grown past doctrine. So we can now see and say, well, they only saw it that way, but that was wrong. And it's okay for us to say it was wrong. And what do you guys think about that? No, I think, I think you hit it spot on that I think there's more and more that are being, that is being unveiled to us as time goes on. And I think it's just going to become more and more apparent that one, we have to read and we need to not be biblically illiterate, which unfortunately a lot of people in the past, one thing we can learn is they read the scriptures. They may not have been able to understand all of it, but they read the Bible more than majority of people read now because I could just go and listen to an online sermon where one of our purpose for doing this podcast is we try to tell people, hey, you have to have your own relationship. Don't just listen to this podcast. Like go, you got to go and read. So I think there's that component. There will be more unveiled. And even though we have a lot more at our fingertips, we might not be as well read um, as maybe the, the past generation, but there is definitely a lot of unveiling to knowledge, which can become a little bit different little bit difficult for some in terms of deception because there's so much being put out there that even though science right now is proving a lot of scripture to be very correct there's also a lot of science that is swaying many um and a lot of wisdom teachers that are using very new agey practices or maybe dabbling with some scripture but mixing with new age mm -hmm. um so there there's probably more of that to come um as the future comes yeah, that mixing might be the most dangerous thing of all because it's half true so mm -hmm. discernment becomes key uh yeah well, on, danny what you were saying about like the rapture theory and like left behind series you know i just want to mention that i, I don't think like you know, I don't want to put it out there that like the creators of the Left Behind series or, or other, um, you know, things that have been written or talked about or, or produced based on revelation theory or rapture theory, that that was like meant on purpose to be deceiving. That's not necessarily no. true. That's not what we're saying. I think it's really just important that we are going there because that's that's what happens. There's just like, you know, the Left Behind thing becomes dangerous you know, because people who are, are reading and watching these interpretations, because that's all it is, right? And in that case, it's kind of a, a fictitious interpretation, just using your imagination um, and, and adding to um, the scriptures. Um, it's like people didn't have a reference point in general for how to use discernment when they were taking in this media. So like a lot of pastors, even to today, like they don't want to you know, they don't really feel comfortable. Maybe they don't feel qualified um, going there with this kind of discussion. And, um, you know, I guess it's really important that we, we not be afraid that we do go there and we do so humbly so that, you know, we know that what we're saying, it's, it's not the end all be all. We don't know everything, you know, um, we want to inspire you to get in the word and to pray to the Lord and for the Holy Spirit to give you discernment um, and, and learn more for yourself. So this is supposed to be something of a, um, you know, like to whet your appetite to get to know the Lord better. 
Um, but yeah, a lot of people don't want to go there. They're uncomfortable. They're fearful. Maybe they don't feel like they have the answers. So they don't even really want to talk about these topics, but that's actually where darkness hides. Um, you know, deception can hide in those dark corners that nobody wants to go into because of various reasons that I just mentioned. Maybe they're too afraid or maybe they think their congregation can't handle it. Maybe they think they don't know the answers that their congregation might ask. And so I, you know, I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm talking about. So I'm just not going to talk about it. That's dangerous. It would be better to have the conversation and read together and say, you know what? I don't know, but let's pray about this. Let's glean from the Lord's wisdom that he's given us what we can. Let's talk to others who've studied this. It is better to have the conversation and to reach, you know, zero conclusion in the end, but be closer to the Lord and closer to each other than it is to skip over this stuff. Because I can assure you that the devil isn't skipping over this stuff. He's capitalizing over this stuff, the fear and the ignorance and the lack of humility. Um, And it's affecting our youth more than anyone, it's affecting our youth. It's affecting the young people who are growing up, who are seeing in pop culture, in horror movies, in conspiracy theories, in tennis shoes, this stuff's out there. And every one of our youth have a computer in their pocket. And so it's really important that we do our due diligence that even if we don't know the answer, we explore these topics for them and with them. So they're not out there alone with no reference point because that's how left behind becomes doctrine. That's how that happens. So we can't let that happen. And Amber makes a great point before I let you step in, Danny, is that the person on the stage cannot be scared to say, you know what? I don't have the answer to that. And I think mm. that's where that's where a mature leader actually stands up and says, you know, I need to study that out more. I need to seek wisdom from maybe some individuals that have studied this out. And I will do my best to help answer the question you just asked, because honestly, I don't know. And I think a lot of leaders are scared to feel vulnerable in front of their congregation because there might be, there's no, there might not be as strong a family as we've talked about, Danny, where they feel like, well, I'm overseeing this family. And if I don't know the answer, I don't even know if I want to touch that topic. Man, you guys said uh, yeah, uh, a mouthful. I, I agree. No, and I, I, and maybe <laughs> maybe the house of prayer is not the time to discuss it, right? So this is where we can learn from our, our, our Jewish roots, our, our, our Hebraic <laughs> roots, because what what happens is that we we try to do an American service in an hour, and we don't even want to. And right. so again, we don't do what we call in in the Jewish faith midrashing, where people get together to really go into scripture, right? We don't encourage that. And the wave we do, the wave is all about encouraging mid-rashing, meaning get in small groups, get into these topics, because when we meet, it may not be the time. That's why we do podcasts. Like as we, as God allow us to get a facility, as we go into the house of prayer, we're really emphasizing that the house, what Jesus said, the house shall be the house of prayer. So we're going in for prayer and worship and we may never discuss these things, but thank God that we have now a place like a podcast to go into these details and you can get a group together and you can discredit everything we say. And we want you to, if, if, <laughs> listen, we're not saying that we know everything, right? But this is where you need the Holy Spirit in operation more than ever. And Amber, you mentioned young people. I took Maya, my daughter, my 13 year old daughter, literally sat down with me for four hours. And the teaching that we're giving right now, we sat and we went through this whole teaching. 
because she was hearing a lot of things on TikTok and, I, and she was like, what is this mm. the peace thing? But, and then mm -hmm. listen, her response to after she heard the word of God preached, after she read it for herself because she had her own Bible in her hand, she's like, oh my goodness, all these people are being deceived. We're going to have to do this like mm -hmm. online. So like, her, like there was no fighting because she saw it in scripture. Like she saw it plainly. And she's like, she's 13 years old, but she saw the scriptures like, Oh, this is plain. So why are people lying about the 66? Why are people lying about when Jesus is coming back and all this stuff? I'm like, just because people don't have access to it and haven't, like like you guys both said, haven't had, and Amber, you said it right, haven't had the, um, the, the, the fear cast away enough to have faith enough to say, you know what, I'm going to explore. Like, we don't know, <laughs> like that spirit of exploration, uh, that's, uh, creativity that I'm just going to go after and explore. I don't know what this means, but I'm, and that's what God invites us to right in the scriptures. Like come and talk with me, come and walk with me. Right. And so anyway, let's just jump back into it. Take heed that no one be deceived for many will come in my name saying, I am he remember Satan's going to come and going to look, try to look like him and will deceive many, but he says many and many have came already and many is still going to come. But when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be troubled. I got to say that again. Do not. I hear this online more. Like, I literally hear this preached everywhere. Like, oh, this wars and rumors of wars. Jesus is coming back. Jesus, out of his own mouth, tells you in all these chapters I get, Matthew 24, Luke 21, he tells you this. Don't be troubled when you see it. Why? For, why, Jesus? For such things must Remember I told you that earlier about uh, the, the beast? It must happen. Why? Because God will make himself a liar if he doesn't, right? But the end is not yet. Underline that. So if fear comes in, if somebody's preaching, there's rumors of wars, Jesus is coming, the rapture is coming. This is not what Jesus says. He says <laughs> the end is not yet. For nations will rise up against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. And there will be earthquakes in various places. And there will be famines and troubles. These are the beginning of sorrows. Not the end of it. So our eyes are open to say it's the beginning of sorrows. I don't know how long the beginning from the end. So for those who claim, oh man, he's coming because there's earthquakes. He's come. I mean, I've heard literally people preach like this. He's coming because there's earthquakes. He's coming because there's pestilence. He's coming because the plague came, COVID came, and that's part of it. And he's coming. And I'm like, do you not read the words of Jesus? Do you guys want to say anything about that? Because have you guys heard what I've, I mean, yeah, have you guys you heard can. people talk like this? Like, this is crazy. Like, yes. people like, I can pick. I can picture people talking like this. Yeah. Like, There's like an obsession with like that, that viewpoint that like the end times, the, the second coming has to be like during our generation. It, it, we, we know we're going to see it. And I feel like when people start talking like that, that's a red flag for me. Like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to be definitely listening to this person with extra grains of salt because, you know, I don't know. That's probably it's, already. It's going against the words right of there. Jesus. And, and again, it's like, yeah. I don't want to speak against Jesus. Jesus knows it all, right? So I'm just going to listen to Jesus, right? So let me listen to Jesus. But watch out for yourselves. I love this because Jesus is like, listen, when the beginning of sorrows, watch out for you, for they will deliver you up to councils and they will, and you will be beaten in the synagogues. 
Like, now listen, when it says be in the synagogues, I want you to understand this. What is it referring? Where's the synagogues right here is referring not to American Christianity. I want those to understand this. Mm -hmm. this Jesus now yep. starts homing on a specific group of people, right? He's homing in on Jewish people. Christians, you don't have a synagogue. You have a church, <laughs> right? So, so don't put yourself in context of stuff when it's not you he's talking about, right? Now, in context, some folks may that, that have uh, replacement theology say, well, we the new... We have done many, many of sermons on that and many, many teachings. There's no replacement. Israel is to who Israel. The church is to who the church. And I got to add this because some many folks get offended when I do, but they need to get offended because it's true. I'm not even going to offend you on purpose. I'm just saying Ishmael is important to God too, right? Mm -hmm. Israel yep. is important. Ishmael is important. And also the church is important. But right here it says synagogues. Does it, does it not say synagogues? All right. It does. You you will be brought to... Uh, before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony to them. And the gospel must first, this is what it says, the gospel must first be preached to where? All the nations. But when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand, um, preeminent that what you will speak. So don't worry about what you're going to speak beforehand. But whatever is given you in the hour, speak that. Right, for it is not you who speaks, but the Holy Spirit. That's just good wisdom. Now, brother, will be betrayed, brother to death, and a father, um, his children and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. You will be hated by all, brother. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. But here, who endures to the end shall be saved. So when you see. I want you to understand, underline this. So when you see the abomination of desolation, now I didn't write this down. I did not write this down. Jesus is pausing here. He's given us con context is Israel is going to be hated for all they sake, right? We know that they're going to be trampled. We know that the temple is going to be trampled. This is context here. So I don't want you to understand this. I don't believe he's talking about American Christians here. Now, do you guys see this? You guys not see this before we go on to talk about what abomination desolation is this? I could be wrong, but I don't see him talking about America right here. No, because if you read in the prophet Daniel, which we're going to get to, he's Daniel's specifically talks about where the abomination of desolation is actually going to be and it is in israel so that unless you want to take the bible like take it and put it in your own words the reality of the situation is that's where that's where it actually is so i don't know how like so yeah when when it's talking about in, in 13 you will all be hated for my name's yeah you're talking about israel i i believe yeah yeah, I agree. I, I was thinking about like when you were talking about that, like in Romans, um, when it talks about like that Israel was blinded in part for our sake, that means that God's not done with Israel yet. That's exactly like that right. right there proves that like Israel's not replaced, is not done away with because the Lord blinded them in part for our sake, the Gentiles' sake, um, that we until would have the, a time until the fullness of the, of the Gentiles that would yeah. be fulfilled. 
that's where the fullness of the Gentiles would, would, would come in. So anyway, that for me is like a confirmation right there that, you know, you're on the right track and totally thinking and, and, and about that, this. And, and, that is, and that is found in, so the people for no, that is found in Romans yes, chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. 11. The whole chapter. Right. Just read the whole chapter. Yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, Romans 11. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I was going to say, when you keep reading in verse 14, it says, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. I don't know that, if they told me in Ohio if I should go to southern Ohio. That's where I was going. That's hill. where I was going. <laughs> Come on. All right. So so abomination <laughs> is the word... Uh, the, the Loma, which is a foul thing, this detestable thing, uh, it means idols pertaining to idolatry. So abomination is it, it pertains to idolatry. Desolation is, is to make waste, to destroy. So he's saying to erect an idol and destroy what's there. Now, remember what happened in Revelation when, when, when the beast came? What did he do? Starting in Revelation 11, they overtook the temple of God, Right? They overtook the temple of God. They overtook it. So they made it desolate, right? And they did abominable things, which what? Which erected an idol for, for man to worship. So Jesus is saying, when you see this happening, when you see Jerusalem being taken over, hated by everybody, and this beast going to come and now erect an idol, this is the abomination of desolation, right? So remember, he's talking about end time. He says, so when you see this, and then and then look at the way he says it, spoken of the hand, you're the prophet, standing where he ought not. Let the reader understand. So he's one you understand. This is about Israel. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Now we're going to see, this is so important, because we're going to see when we continue reading Revelation 13 next week, that this is literally pertaining to that end part of when the mark of the beast, he's telling folks, flee to the mountains so that you don't get this mark. That's what he's really saying. Run to the mountains. Now, we're going to see that half of the people went and half of the people didn't. So half of the people that get this mark of the beast are the, is those who didn't flee to the mountains. But Jesus is saying, flee to the mountain of Judea. Go and flee to the mountain. Why? Because this beast is trying to overtake Israel and he's going to do let him who is on the housetop not go down into the house, no enter into the take anything out of the house. Now, this has been used as a rapture scripture. This is not a rapture scripture. In context, he's talking about when you see the overtaking of Israel, hated by everybody, and you see flee. That's what he's talking about. When he's talking about what is missing, what is not, he's talking about those because they left everything. They didn't have enough time to, to mess around. They had to go. Right, he says, and let him who is in the field not go back and get his clothes. And again, many people use this as a rapture scripture all their clothes are going to be left. This is not what it's saying. Come on, <laughs> it's not what it's saying, man. It's it's uh, but woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. Why? Because if you have flee to the mountain and you don't have places to eat, you know what I mean? Because you have because. Half of the nation has been overtaken, and I mean, most of the nation has been overtaken, and you can't buy or eat, you know? So he's saying, woe to those nursing babies, uh, mothers that are nursing, and pray that your flight may not be in winter, for in those days there will be tribulation. This is a tribulation period. 
This is the 42 months. This is the three and a half years, right? Such as not been since the beginning of the creation. Now listen to this. Listen how bad it's going to get. Now, we know Israel has been through some bad stuff. They've been through Egypt. They've been through the Holocaust. But this is what he's saying. It's going to be so bad in this hour. The three and a half years are going to be so bad. Such has not been since the beginning of creation, which God created unto this time. No shall it ever be. Meaning the three and a half years are going to be the worst years that the earth has ever seen of trouble for the people of God. Now, I'm not writing that. Go ahead. No, that's a huge that's a huge point because when when people look at probably this verse, they're like, the whole world is gonna be in this in this turmoil when you when you kind of just looked at it and, and we we said it that Israel like is going to be really, really rough. It doesn't say what the rest of the world is gonna be like when you're living in your small town in whatever state you're living in, in say you're in the United States, right? We're going to be looking at Israel probably over social media. We're going to be looking at it on the news on our phone or what, whatever it is at that time, if, if we're living in that, right? And we're going to look and say, this is it. They're going through what it is said here. And you, you don't, and we don't know what we would experience if we're not, if we're not living there then we don't know what exactly we're going to experience. I'm sure there'll be some sort of ripple effect. Absolutely. Yep. That I guess, yeah, that part's not talked about. So we shouldn't add to it. That's not it addressed because he's answering addressed. the disciples question. The disciples are the ones that he is talking to. They were the ones that asked the question. And where were they at the time they asked this question? What was their point of reference? It would have been Jerusalem, Israel. Mm -hmm. That's what he's talking about. So, yeah, we might have questions, but we don't have answers for that. And, and again, this is where we start yep. adding, and this is where we try to make it part of us. And you guys are a thousand percent. Mm -hmm. Again, if you've been to Israel and you're sitting where Jesus is sitting, which I have sat there, I have pictures of me in there, where you're looking at the temple, you understand he is talking about that place. He's talking about how bad it's going to be for them. He's going to talk about, because they've been through some horrible things. Now, for us, we don't know what's going to happen. Now, I do know one thing. Deception is going to be big for us. So we, mm -hmm. this is where I, I think deceptions of, of uh, this is where the, the, the fear of the Lord comes to my heart when this deception of hundreds of years where we've been deceived. Uh, uh, and it's, it's just a new kind of theology. It's about maybe the last hundred years where we have this replacement theology that we replace Israel, Right. It's, it's it, you know, it's yeah. hundreds of years, it hasn't been thousands. You know what I mean? We know that Martin Luther started writing these feelings 500 years ago about Israel because he got mad at the Jewish people. So this is where the deception of that comes in. Part of the deception of us being deceived is that we don't see Israel as the place that this is talking about, right? We see this as, mm -hmm. no, it's contextually Israel. God still cares about Israel. Doesn't mean that he doesn't care about you, believer, son of God, right? Jesus follower, right? Don't get this twisted, right? In context, Jesus is talking about Israel. He still loves you. You're still his child, but they're his children too. And here the context is that. And we don't replace them because we're not, you and I are not living in Israel, right? We can't, yep. we, we're not, yep. we don't have a home there, right? We have a homes in the United States. What is going to happen with the United States? We don't know. The United States is not mentioned in the book of Revelation. Let's not even try to act like it is. It's not. We don't know what's going to happen. Let's not try to fit things yep. in. 
What I can tell you is don't be deceived to start hating Israel because what the enemy, mm. this is where anti-Semitic feelings, anti-Semitism comes in where people start, oh, I got to, Israel think they're bad. And, and no, no, be careful what comes out of your mouth because your word tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, right? And we should be allies with them, right? As children of God, yep. because they're brothers and sisters of yours, right? So don't take out this pious pride attitude and say, oh, I can't believe, I hope Israel gets wiped out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Israel is uh -oh. important to the narrative of God. And so you can't just <laughs> remove the narrative of God out there. Remember, Jesus tells us these things must happen. So part of, I believe, the deception to the West church is going to be that we think, oh, Israel deserves it. Oh, Israel bombed this other place, so they deserve to get overtaken. Be mm. careful that you don't talk like that. You don't understand it all. You're not there. You don't understand the politics of there. So what you do is don't touch yeah. it and say, I'm going to pray for the whole region. What do you guys think about what I just yep. said? Oh, absolutely. 100%. You are correct. We got to pray. We got to pray for Israel. And we have to keep our eyes open to what's going on there. You can't be, you can't shut yourself off in, in a small box and just say, well, I'm just going to worry about, you know, me and in, in my United States church you really need to know, like, you have to look globally. You really do. You almost have to look and say, okay, what's going on over there? Um, that's why I love your Holy Talk podcast, to be honest with you, uh, is because I, I learn kind of what's happening there. Israel News, I, I didn't have that context even a year ago, but it's, it's great to understand so that it puts context to the scripture and understanding um, the scripture and God's heart for um, the people of Israel. Mm. Yeah, that's really, I'm really glad you went there. Because, <coughs> you know, like what's going on oh, perpetually, but if, even right now in the news over in the Middle East with Israel and Palestine and, um, you know, uh, the conflict that is raging, I think, um, yeah, I mean, the Lord is close to those who are suffering and there is suffering in Israel, there is suffering in Palestine. And it's really important to remember that there are Christ followers in both of these places as well, and that the Lord's heart is there in, in both of these places, and they are all God's children. We are all God's children, and so, you know, it's um, really not our job to pick sides. It's our job to pray for peace and to be the peacemakers that, you know, that's a blessing, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really easy, like you said, to be like, oh, you know, they bombed this place and therefore, you know, they're horrible. And this, uh, you know, you see, you know, pictures of children on the news and in some rubble and your emotions get carried away. Um, I mean, that's, that's a horrible, horrible thing that there is conflict that's going on. Um, there's also a, and there's, I'm not going to say, but, cause there's no, but that's horrible. Um, you know, we need to pray that that stops. And, um, but oh, I said, I was going to say, but, and, <laughs> and, and, um, and, there and not a but and I don't want to minimize that it's it's um I don't want to minimize that at all uh, and there is a, a greater context a greater history as to the reasons why those conflicts are going on and it's important to understand that and like you said not just um you know get caught up in in the deception of the emotions and start becoming um you know an enemy of, of Israel um there are reasons why these things are happening, what are happening right now. So anyway, yeah, we just need to be in prayer about that and not judgment on that. And I want to speak to those folks who are like super over, over everything Israel can do nothing wrong. No, Israel, when they do stuff wrong, we have to call them out, right? Yeah. 
when Palestine right. does something mm -hmm. wrong, we have to come. There's like these like weird things that people get like, oh, I'm all for Israel. They can do nothing wrong. No, Israel, right. when they do wrong, us believers have to go, hey, you can't act this way. Now, because understanding right. that mm -hmm. they're family members. Like, I want people to understand mm -hmm. Palestine and Israel are family members, right? They belong right. part of the same family. The enemy has just come to deceive so that they can have family problems, like all of our families, when the enemy comes in to deceive mm -hmm. so that we can hate our cousins, right? And so I'm going to blow everybody's <laughs> minds now real quick. Jesus, that's the Messiah, that's <laughs> sitting on the right-hand side of the Father, he is totally a Palestinian Jew. <laughs> Eat that for a little while, right? So if you don't think he loves both sides, it's his family. You know what I mean? Yep. And they having family issues. So our job is to, like you say, pray for the peace of that family. Pray for, the, and they are family, right? They are family because we've been engrafted. So they are family. So there's a part of our family. Our cousins are fighting. So we have to pray that they don't fight no more, right? And we have to pray mm -hmm. for peace, right? But we don't right. stand, the, the, we don't take these harsh stands on no sides and go, Oh, I hate Israel, yeah. man. You better, that better not come out your mouth because that's coming against right. the word of God, right? Or say, yeah. I hate yeah. Palestine, right? On the other hand, you know, there's, there's, there's folks that don't see the suffering of the Palestinian people. And they're like, oh, well, they, they try to overlook that or that, that like it's not even happening. No, people are being oppressed and they have to be set free because we're about setting everyone free, right? Mm -hmm. Regardless of yeah. Palestinian and Israel. And you said something powerful, Amber, that there are Christians on both sides. And I know Christians, I know great pastors that I've met that are Palestinian pastors that are Christians that, that are amazing. I've met pastors that are in, in Israel and Jerusalem. We have to pray for peace because again, mm -hmm. we know what's coming. And what's coming is when it comes, it's gonna be three and a half years of the worst destruction they've ever seen, right? And we mm -hmm. have to then be prepared, our hearts, that we're not being part of the problem, but we're being part of the yeah. solution and praying yeah. for them, right? So our job, when we see it, if we see it tomorrow, our job is God, pray for those who are fleeing in the mountains. Like we pray the word of God, pray for those who are fleeing in the mountains, pray for those who, who need, you know, uh, food and shelter, pray, right? We know how to pray because Jesus is giving us the context. So let's jump back in here. We'll finish Jesus's words and then we'll close out. And unless the Lord has shortened those days, no flesh will be saved. But for the elect's sake, for the elect's sake. Now, many people say the elect here is not Israel. The elect is Christians. It doesn't say, right? It doesn't say. So it could be talking about both. The elect could be both. Jews and Christians and Israel's that are saved, right? It could be both Israel and Christians, right? But understand what he's saying. Whom he chose, he shortened the days. God for his people, right? So I don't want people to get caught up. Oh, it's the elect. It's only the Christians. No, that's not what it says. It doesn't say that. So you can't add that to that. I, I believe the elect is everyone that belongs to God, right? So whether Israel, whether Israel, whether church folks, whether Christians, what he's saying, I'm going to shorten those days for you. So the three and a half years, the days are going to try to, he's going to try to shorten those days for us so it could be easier. Then if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ, or look, he is there, do not believe it. Because remember, the signs and wonders that the beasts are going to be performing are going to look like Jesus. They're going to be a resurrection. It's going to look like Jesus. He said, don't look at it. 
For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect, right? Now, again, the elect here, for those who take him, or the elect is Christians, it could be, but it also could be Israel. It could be, it, it's all of us. Everyone that is his could be deceived, right? But take heed and see, I have told you all things beforehand. So Jesus said, I have told you all these things beforehand. We're going to stop right here because we can go, we're going to go next week. We're going to start in the book of Daniel 12. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Daniel. I'm hoping this is a lot to take in a lot. I know that as you listen to us, you're going, wow, this is a lot. Take your time. Listen to this again, two or three times this week. I'm going to see it by the numbers. If you're listening two or three times, you should listen to this two or three times this week. You really should. So that by the time you get to part two, it really sinks in and begin to start studying and begin to start asking God, God, I don't want to be deceived. I want to have my eyes open. Why? So that I can give you glory and I can represent you well on earth. Really, in the end of the day, it's representing Jesus well on earth and that we can pray the way the scriptures tells us to pray. And we don't have to pray against the scriptures and we don't have to act like uh, things are not going to happen. And we don't have to act like the tribulation is not coming. It is coming. But know this. We serve a victor. His name is Jesus. And in the end, we win regardless of what happens. And again, this is only three and a half years. And again, for those who say, we, oh, the mark of the beast is coming. No, we haven't seen the abomination of desolation. We haven't seen the temple of God trampled on. So that's not even you. And, 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 and I can, I don't want to say this with a full surety, but I can, I can feel like I can honestly say this, that if you live in Ohio, it's going to be nine out of 10 that this is really not going to be talking about you. You know what I mean? Um, again, like you guys said, it's going to be a trickle effect, but I don't think you're going to be in Ohio and have to choose what are you going to take this 66 mark? I don't think we have to flee anywhere. I don't know what's going to happen to us, but I believe it. Let us focus on Israel and let us focus on praying for Israel. So my last words, and I'll give you guys the last words also is just get closer to Jesus. Get in his presence. If this is troubling you when we said, if some of the things that we said trouble you, take it to Jesus, take it to his presence, worship, pray on it, have the Holy Spirit open. Hopefully this is bringing freedom to you to not live in fear, but to live in faith. I'll let you guys have the last word. Yeah, there's a lot that we dove into today. And, and my prayer is just that, like, like Danny said, seek the Lord, especially if there's things that are troubling to you, especially if there's things that are, concerning to you um and read read from context um the scripture is where you want to start from go to prayer have people around you that you feel like are are trustworthy and, and wise and bible reading people bible be believing people and just have a discussion do some midrashing in a small group, discuss what you what you heard and and get perspectives uh, from people you trust. And we just pray that you you continue to grow um, as we're trying to grow. And we're excited to do part two next week. And then Amber. Um, yeah. One thing that kind of struck me um, as we're here finishing up is that Jesus actually tells us here in Revelation some things that we can pray for. And so one thing, you know, obviously we know like we were talking about, we should be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. So actively do that. I encourage you to actively do that. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for the entire region. Um, 
And then he, he also says something really tiny here that it's easy to skip over. Jesus tells us in Revelation um, 13, verse 18, pray that your flight may not be in winter. We can actively, oh, I'm sorry, Mark. Oh, excuse me, Mark 13, thank you. Verse 18, oh my goodness. Um, so that's something that, you know, it's easy to skip over, but, you know, we could actually be praying. He tells us to pray for that. He says yes. that to the disciples. Yes. We can actually be praying that the flight of the Jews who flee Jerusalem not be in winter. I mean, why is it that he says we can pray for that? Isn't it already a done deal? Mm, well, that's so I, good. You know, I, think, I think that, you know, it says in verse 32, but, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. The father's going to give the word for these things to kick off. And so um, Jesus tells the disciples that they can pray for that. We can pray for that. Mm. So let's pray for that. Um, and also it says that these false Christs and false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. That's another thing we can be actively praying for. If this type of conversation causes you any type of fear and trembling, then meet it with prayer. We could be praying against the elect being deceived um, because it says, if possible, that means that it's also possible that the elect will not be deceived. So we should be praying for this. I encourage you to pray for these action points because Jesus tells us that those are things we can pray for and we can affect. Um, and finally, I just, you know, I encourage you to pray against any fear that you have or that others may have um, and pray for God's love to fill that space instead when it comes to searching out this matter of revelation and end times theology. Um, you know, I hope that this has inspired you to explore the Lord more closely um, and to explore all of him and that includes this book of Revelation, and um, and I've really enjoyed being here and and hanging out with you guys today. I feel like I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot more than I brought, and that's always the point. So thank you for having me. Man, it's uh, beautiful, beautifully said, uh, Amber. I promise you, we're gonna get requests to have you like to be almost <laughs> permanent. They were like, "Yes, we got a woman speaking, and she spoke the word of God, and we love it." Uh, man, it's it's so wonderful to have this time with you guys. Amber, you'll be with us next week again as we finish this out. And then uh, hopefully in the future, uh, you're invited to come on this. Uh, this is your podcast now. So whenever you want to come, you know what I mean? You are part of this and, and a part of what we're doing. And again, for us, our hearts is just to grow, man, and love and love on people and, and, and midrash and, and, and pray. I love that we continue to do it to, to Tell all of us, let's go back into prayer because I really feel like prayer is in the heart of God right now. He wants us to begin to speak to him about some of these things uh, and cast our cares upon him. So we love you guys. Thank you guys for uh, being a part. Everyone that listens all the way to the end because I know it was, these are going to be longer. We said we're going to be longer. Um, but listen, the, hopefully you're learning so much. And until next week, I uh, uh, love you guys, uh, Ryan and Amber. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Love you, buddy. Love you too. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information.